presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster. everybody welcome in man it is hot out there for late september amazingly hot but nonetheless we got a good show for you today a lot of football talk some vandy some tennessee a little bit of everybody you name it we got it let's call roll let's start up on the plateau coach watson brown how are you George, I'm doing great. It's so good to see your pretty face. <laughs> yeah. You got cataracts, don't you? <laughs> well, I may have a little cataract problem. I mean, yeah. well, I'm kind of getting to that age, you know, George. You, you, you're, you'll be getting there pretty quick, too. So, you, Watson, let, let's well, cut through it. I have had two different cataract surgeries. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. So I kind of cut up and you had some seriousness. No, not really. Um, You know, apparently years ago, that was a serious surgery. But as as medical advances have happened, not so much so anymore, which is great. Yep. Yep. You need something to improve those eyes. So hopefully the surgery did that. That's really kind of you. So I have no problem blowing you off and saying hello to Billy Derrick. Billy, how are you? George, I'm doing great. Watson's uh, been very unprofessional early. Early on. He's getting yeah. his shots out early. Oh, yeah. Same thing he did yesterday. Right. Early and late. In between, apparently, is my time. And I may <laughs> take advantage of it later. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> so let's get to our daily Titan update with Mr. Terry McCormick, whose Yankees have produced a 60-home-run player in Aaron Judge. What a year that guy has had. Yeah, it's 
really crazy, George. I mean, Aaron Judge is the man. I don't think there's any other way to say it. You know, I tweeted out last night, only six men in history have hit 60 home runs in a season. Three of them are Yankees and three of them are cheaters. Yes. Yeah. Y'all y'all are one to talk. We're we're honest and above board. Sure you are. Yeah, no question Absolutely. you are. Let me remind you of two names. A fraud and Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens was a Red Sox. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, a Mariner and a Ranger. Sure he was. Yeah. So what do you know about this Buffalo player who hit the Titan coach? Uh, well, his name is Bobby Hart, and he's a guy that was with the Titans here briefly last year. And, you know, there was a report that he tried to punch a Titans player and a coach kind of stepped in to separate him and he made contact with the coach. Nobody has identified who the coach is. Nobody's identified who the player is, but the league has suspended Bobby Hart you know, for hitting this coach. And quite honestly, during the short time he was here last year as one of the fill-in offensive linemen, you know, that's the first thing that uh, we've seen him hit in terms of that. Really? <laughs> he was not very good when okay. he was here. Which is why he's now in Buffalo. Yes. Okay. Tell me the latest on Taylor Lewan. Is there anything new or different? Well, they're still evaluating Taylor Lewan. Now, the good news is he was in the locker room today, uh, didn't have any kind of brace on. You could tell that his right knee was a bit swollen. Uh, he was in a pretty good mood. He didn't want to talk on the record, but uh, he was in a pretty good mood, which leads me to believe that perhaps, I'm not throwing this out here as fact, but just throwing this out here as speculation, but perhaps maybe it's not a season-ending injury. We shall see as they are still doing tests and evaluating him. Now, there are plenty of guys who were out of practice, that's for sure. So let me get to my injury report here, uh, George, see if I can call that up. I'm sure that I will be able to here in just a second. With Yeah, uh, while you're waiting, Aaron Judge yes. just signed with the Red Sox. Oh, let's not talk <laughs> about that. Let's not talk about that at all. All right, we have a number of guys who did not practice today. We have Ugo Amadi with, with an ankle. A bug just flew in my mouth. Lovely. Uh, Bud Dupree did not practice with a hip. Jamarco Jones with a triceps injury. Taylor Lewan, obviously. Then several guys limited. Ola Adani with a neck. Danico Autry, who was limited and not injury-related. Traylon Burks with an ankle. Christian Fulton, Dr. Hilliard, Joe Jones with hamstrings. Kyle Phillips with a shoulder. So they've got a few. They got a little uh, mash unit going. They sure do. And it's one of those situations, too, with the Titans. You know, last year they had all kinds of injuries, set a record uh, with 91 players used. They already signed two more guys today, both defensive backs, uh, Terrence Mitchell off the Patriots practice squad and and Andrew Adams off the uh, Steelers practice squad. So already the – roster carousel has started with this team and you know you start to wonder and, and this is something i want to ask watson and bring into uh just to ask the opinion of a coach are injuries simply bad luck or are there certain training things and conditioning things that 
that come into play ever with this because the Titans seem to be really snake bit over the last couple of years with so many guys going down. I think more bad luck, Terry, really. I don't think that on the NFL level, it's not training. It's not uh, strength and conditioning. It's uh, you, you might look at what you're doing in practice. Are you, are you being too physical? I, I don't believe that about the Titans at all. What I think's happening, Terry, it's, if you're looking at the Titans, I'm looking at the league. Their, their body's out everywhere. I think what's happening is they're not hitting near as much in preseason. They're not playing in the games. And then they go out there life and death and get after it. And their bodies are not taking all those blows like you do in practice. And you kind of get through that a little bit. And you might miss a practice here or there. But you, your body gets toughened up from banging around. They're not doing that anymore. And the first time they're really banging around is is uh, in games. And I think that's why there's more injuries early in the year right now. That's a very good point. I hadn't thought of that. But you're right. Because the NFL NFL and the Players Association have legislated out a lot of padded practices that used to go on. You know, there's no more such thing as two-a-days like there were, you know, up until about 10 years ago or so. You know, guys in camp, you know, you'd practice in the morning, take a break, go to meetings, come back in the afternoon, practice again. And usually at least one of those practices would be pretty hard with some padded, uh, you know, padded contact and that sort of thing. But uh, those are a thing of the past, and, and you may have hit on something there, Watson. Yeah, I, I really believe it, Terry. I, I think that uh, um, I just see it everywhere. I don't just see it in, with the Titans. I'm, I'm sitting here watching NFL today for I'll come on the show every day and, and try to catch up a little bit with that. And, and, gosh, every team's got them. The Bills have just as many from the game the other night against the Titans as the Titans do against the Bills. Terry, we got to run. Good report. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you, Terry. Terry McCormick leading off with his daily Titans update. Billy, let's get to the update. What do you got? Let's get to it, George. We've got first uh, the Justin Tucker team sponsoring uh, this 4 o'clock hour, this, uh, this update as well. And we've also got uh, Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Log on to SumnerFuneral.com for more information. George, we start in uh, Major League Baseball. The Robert Saga, uh, the Robert Sarver Saga continues. That's NBA. Oh, the NBA, man! I've got I've got all these owners mixed up. Uh, <laughs> he is going to sell the Phoenix Suns officially, George. That came out earlier today. Robert Sarver will sell the Phoenix Suns. Goodbye, good riddance. Uh, next up. The Kansas City Royals have defi- have decided to fire Dayton Moore, their general manager. So I guess it's a fire ownership day. Dayton Moore was once an Atlanta Brave executive under John Sherholtz. My gut feeling is he ends up back in Atlanta. Watson, he sort of engineered the Royals, what was it, 2014 they won the world title? Yeah. And they have not been very good since then. Uh, but to have gotten to that point, I think was a miracle. Yeah. When I say World Series, they beat the Mets in 15, Billy. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right on that. Back-to-back World Series, lost to the Giants, beat the Mets. 
I, I want right. I want to say you're you're correct. Yeah. Anyway, he did an underrated job in Kansas City. They have not been very good for a while, and this may well be a good move for all parties. I hope he ends yeah. up back in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. You get what you pay for, George. They don't. They're not. They're not willing to throw the cash around like some of these other teams, and can't is what I would say. You right. get in these small markets, you just you don't have the same amount of money, and and we all know about the sports world. It's what have you done for me today? Not Bingo. yesterday. What have you done for me today? So you're not you're winning. Somebody's going. You can just keep watching as baseball comes to an end. There's going to be more of this. Beautiful ballpark in Kansas City. But oh, it is. Are, in scorch. Yeah. I have been there. Oh, I've been to a lot of the baseball parks, but I've been it's there. It's really well done. What else? Next up, George, in the NFL, I think we uh, we knew this was coming. Uh, Bruce Arians has been warned by the NFL uh, for his sideline conduct. And, I mean, he just let his team run loose. He Watson. said – what happened to that thing he was wearing a year ago? Looked like a bomb detonator. That that's the thing they do on the iPads. That's what yeah. that he could he just looked down at it and watched the play. <laughs> I sit there and watched it live with Bruce getting on so him and Lattimore into it. And <laughs> I watched it live and I said, Oh geez, this ain't good. This is not good. But it and is him, ago, isn't here it? comes Brady running down there. <laughs> and then Evan shows up and we got a melee. But uh, I'd say he's lucky that he wasn't told get to the box. <laughs> they yeah. just told him to watch himself and and don't be doing any of that. So I think he's kind of lucky, to tell you the truth. I wonder if Todd Bowles likes having him down there. I Honestly, I wouldn't think he cared. It was his college coach, yeah. Bruce Coach Todd. He was a player. For a matter of fact, I played him at, at, at UC – George, that was the first night of no huddle offense was against Bruce Arians and Temple. And look now, everybody in the world's doing it. We lost our quarterback. I knew that backup was a freshman and he wasn't, or a redshirt freshman, and he wasn't ready to handle the offense. So I said, why don't we just line up in the ball, look over at me, and I'll give you a play when I see what they're lined up in. That was the first time that we ever did that. And now no huddle offense is the oh, wildest everywhere. thing in the world. They've taken it a lot further than we did. I don't mean that, but Bruce Arians and temple and we beat them, beat the fool out of them that night, but Bruce Arians and temple and Todd Bowles were in that game. Wow. What else, Billy? George, we got some scores to update uh, everybody on in major league baseball. Washington defeats Atlanta earlier today, three to two. That's a final but there's better news. There is better news. Milwaukee is up on the Mets six to nothing right now in the bottom of the eighth. So feels like anytime the Braves lose, they get uh, they get lucky with everybody else around the league. Yeah, it looks like it's going to stay a one game deficit. It sure looks like this thing's going to get decided with the three game series in Atlanta, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'll bet you George Plaster shows somewhere in that series. Just bet you. I bet he does too. Yes, Let's just say this. That thought is percolating. Percolating. Got to save your money though for the playoffs because they're in now. You can't yeah. just shoot, you can't shoot the whole lot of money here too right. early. Right. Uh, but there's a certain level of money where yeah, they do it. Where they, they do get it something toward that World Series stuff, oh, man. It's, it's over your head anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Main Street <laughs> Media needs to pay you a lot better <laughs> if we're going to the World Series. That World Series stuff. Uh, anything else, Billy? Yeah, we got Nashville SC tonight, George. They play the Liga MX Giants Club America. I don't pretend to know what uh, what that team is. I know quite a bit about them. <laughs> sure you do. Uh, 8 o'clock tonight at Geodis Park. Uh, George, beautiful stadium, by the way. I mean, it, it, that's a Geodis? great, yeah, great yeah. place to watch a game. Have you now been there? I've been there before, okay, yep. Good, good. So have I. <laughs> okay, after the break... You and Clark Lee talk about Vandy, Alabama. Yes, Vanderbilt, Alabama. A little bit of Northern Illinois talk as well. Uh, he was in a good mood, George. It was, uh, you know, bright spirits. Of course, you are three and one, but uh, you're about to enter SEC play, so that might be changing. Okay, so Clark Lee after the break, SEC spreads for the upcoming weekend at 4:40. Then University of Tennessee play-by-play voice Bob Kessling at 5 o'clock on the button, and then a story about Kent State that will get your attention. A lot going on, most of it in the world of college football, as we bring you back on Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 
847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. So Vandy goes three and one in the non-conference, wins over Hawaii, Elon, Northern Illinois, a loss to Wake Forest, and now it's conference play that begins for them Saturday in Tuscaloosa against the second-ranked team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Earlier today, Billy Derrick caught up with head coach Clark Lee. For a Northern Illinois program that we talked about last week, it was respectable, and, and you know you guys obviously got it done, 38-28. Um, sitting at three and one after the win on Saturday, what did you like about your team's ability to kind of claw back into that game and, and, and end up getting the win? It was uh, yeah, it was a character win. I mean, I, I think um, you know we we had talked a lot about the ability to step on the field when things aren't going well and dictate the energy. You know, and that takes confidence and belief and mental intensity and we've talked a lot about that this season these guys feel good about their preparation they feel good about the program process but um you know when we go into a a saturday um you know for four quarters you know the result hangs in the balance and as a team you have to learn how to go and grab it you know um and you're not entitled to it just because you've worked hard or you're doing things differently and so um, I, I felt like I saw a group there in the second half in the third quarter that that made the decision collectively to go get it. And um, it started with, you know, the defense generating stops. Um, and, and I thought that was, you know, they, they had had a couple of explosive touchdowns um, that were frustrating and a couple of early drives that were frustrating where we weren't able to work to the stop. So for them to, to come out and, and, uh, and to get that first stop, um, you know, deliver the ball back to the offense. And then, you know, I felt like there were just a sequence of counter punches there that, that uh, you know, we crawled back in and then we, then we slammed the door shut. And it was fun to be a part of. Coach, offensively, you decided to make the switch to A.J. Swan, of course, uh, played the entire game, 18 for 28, 255, and four touchdowns. 
SEC Freshman of the Week. Uh, what did what did you and the staff? When did you and the staff decide to go with AJ uh, last week, and what made you make that decision heading into a, that road game? Well, um, we knew we had to do something because there was kind of six quarters of evidence that had been built from the second half of Elon through the Wake Forest game that was the, the trend was showing an inability to sustain drives and an inability to convert on third down. And, and then we had, we had also been hurt by turnovers, um, you know, to the tune of 21 points against uh, uh, when we were playing Wake Forest. And so, um, yeah, obviously we have a great belief in Mike Wright and we, we, you know, he's done some remarkable things for us early here in the season and those things aren't to be lost, but, um, you know, we, we were able to see a glimpse of, um, energy in the offense there, uh, at the end of the Wake Forest game when we inserted AJ. And so we made the decision to go in the week and really evaluate and give time to evaluate that position and how it might look against Northern Illinois. Obviously, anytime you make a decision to, 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 to shift course at that position, it's a big deal. And uh, particularly when you're replacing a guy that, that has done a lot to, to build the, the early success of the season. Um, but in the end, my job and our responsibility as a staff is to do what we feel like is best for the program and best positions us to win. And so um, we, you know, Coach Lynch and I met after Wednesday's practice in the evening and subsequently sat down with the two quarterbacks and, and, and communicated to them what, what our course was forward. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the result you know, validates the decision. The decision was based off instinct and intuition and what we felt like was the best direction. I was very happy for AJ that he was able to come out and, and have success. And, um, you know, I think he, he showed glimpses of the player that we, we think he's gonna be here. So we were excited for him and now it's about replicating performance and, and also, um, you know, battling adversity because as a freshman quarterback, you're gonna make mistakes and we need to give him room to play through those mistakes and learn because that's part of playing a freshman. Yesterday you said there's a buzz around the program in your press conference. Where does that stem from from you as the head coach? Obviously you get an exciting win on the road, a challenging win, um, but, but where, where does that stem from for you, that, that, that sort of buzz around the program? Well, you know, we, we have a group of people here um, that believe in the process we're undertaking and, you know, again, we, we, we we have conversations, particularly as a coaching staff, just around what progress looks like and um, what defines progress. Um, and, and you have to you have to be able to to look at a team and a in a again a build that you believe in, and always keep vision for what this will be down the road. Um, you're not always rewarded with the positive results, and um, the buzz created is is you know having the ability to see that progress, but also see it manifest in some positive results. And I don't, you know, th there's not been anything easy about the early goings of the season. I mean, the, the Hawaii game, we were able to put distance between us and the opponent, but we had early adversity, we battled. And, you know, I don't know that the team of the past would have handled that as well. Um, I thought, again, in that game, we, we took a dominant mindset for four quarters and that was fun to be a part of, but you know, Elon was, was a tough, um, gutsy victory here. Um, you know, Wake Forest, we fell short and it was, you know, we scratched and clawed our way and tried to try to make a push at the end. Um, and then we went on the road against Northern and, and, um, you had to battle back. So we're not getting style points right now, but for us internally, 
what we're seeing is just the, the early shift in a program that's learning how to win. And um, obviously, as we head into the SEC slate, you know, that's going to be put to the test. But for us, it's, it's not about who we're playing against. It's about just keeping our eye on the internal progress and making sure we're moving that needle each week. I want to get to Will Shepard, though, offensively. Leads the country with seven touchdowns, uh, leads the SEC in receiving yards. What does his potential mean for this team and, and this offense uh, this season? Because, I mean, we've seen what, what he's capable of. So what, what, kind of, uh, what, what kind of potential does he have this season, and what does that mean for your offense? Well, we, we, have, we hold Will in a very high regard here. And I think the fun thing about – Shep is that he's just scratching the surface of his potential. We saw this in him, you know, when we first got here, honestly, just, you know, he's got length and athleticism. He's got um, really good hands. Um, you know, we're still, um, you know, I, I want to see him become a, a dominant one-on-one -on -one player in those contested balls. I want to see him become known for winning on the 50-50 ball. Um, but, um, He's also been a dynamic blocker for us in the run game this season and has set a tone that way. I mean, we're talking about a tough player who, uh, who loves the game, and, and that shows up in his preparation and practice every day. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that, you know, if, if, if he's able to go out and be an alpha receiver and, and to dominate his one-on-ones, you know, you can, you, can, you can have a great impact on winning from that position, particularly, you know, when you have chemistry with the quarterback. And I think... His success at Northern was a, a combination of both his his own uh, skills and then also being in sync with AJ and those guys, um, you know, seeing coverage the same way and uh, just just linking up. And so, as that relationship builds, we think uh, obviously Will has a great chance to be a, a, a dominant receiver and a guy that uh, becomes known in the league as a as a dominant receiver. To the defense now, Coach, yesterday you talked about eliminating space, and um, obviously it sounds simple, but uh, in the SEC, you know, that, that's obviously, it obviously becomes a little bit more challenging when you're playing these types of offenses. So as, as a head coach, but also with your def defensive staff, what are those challenges of eliminating the space uh, when you've got so many weapons and playmakers to try to defend? And especially here down the stretch, you have to you have to spread the the hard down around the field. I mean, what we can do post snap to impact the quarterback position um, gives us the ability to to keep the offense you know out of rhythm. That's the goal. You know what we've done here, you know, particularly against Northern. I felt like, and and I felt this way against Wake Forest too. It's just we conceded too much space on the perimeter. So, you know, we're not forcing them into a progression read. That ball is coming out now, and it's coming out now and immediately in big space. The further you off are off the line, the more tempo you have at the, at the start of the snap, the more you create the space. And we have guys that can play corner out there and can, can take away the space and be alphas and be aggressive. And we've seen that from them in practice and in performance at times. It's about, it's about having that all come together uh, in the game. Um, and there are really three things that we're looking at. One is, um, you know, the bearing of alignment for the corner so that, um, you know, we can play off coverage, but we don't necessarily need to line 
nine yards off the, the ball and, and tell everyone I'm playing off coverage. That makes it really easy on the offense. Um, you know, the second is uh, just uh, the fundamental techniques involved. So every call we make, every coverage has a leverage, has a depth, has a tempo. And, um, and getting mastery over those things, um, you know, what you should see as, as it down plays out is that space is eliminated naturally, that you're, you're not uh, maintaining the depth of alignment through the course of the down, that a seven yard um, alignment depth becomes five yards, becomes three yards, becomes I'm in phase with the route now. Um, and we need to have confidence to do that. And, you know, when, when you feel like you're, you have the upper hand in a, in a speed matchup, it becomes very easy to take the slack out of the play because you, in the end, trust yourself to, to run and catch up. Um, you know, we're, we're building to that confidence because the fundamental techniques will allow us to be more effective players. And then the third thing is just leverage changes as from the play caller and Coach Howell and I, and obviously he is, he's got a, a great ex wealth of experience with this, but just talking about how we spread that hard down around the field, how we take pressure off. You know, if we want to eliminate space, we have to be willing to press at times. We have to be willing to, you know, cloud the corner and, and do some things that, again, attempt to steal the rhythm of the offense. Um, what we can't do is sit back at nine yards allow pitch and catch completions and, um, and, and, and allow an offense to get in a rhythm. You know, a five yard hitch that's tackled immediately, even if it sets up second and five to me is a good defensive snap. Um, but it's about taking that space away and it's about having the fundamental technique to take that space away that'll, that'll force the, the offense down the play sheet. SEC plays here, this, this is what you play for. This is, uh, you know, this is why you come to Vanderbilt to play in the SEC. Starts with Alabama and Tuscaloosa, uh, obviously a, a top five team. Uh, you know, we, we know how good they are as a program. How do you prepare? You know, we just talked about defensively overall, but how do you prepare for an offense like an Alabama that will spread you out, but they also want to establish the run? Yeah, they have a, they have a really good run game. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, we devise schemes and structures to try to counter that. Again, I, I think going back to space, uh, space in the run game equally, I mean, the bigger that they're able to make the windows to run through, the more challenging the tackle. And when we're setting up one-on-one -on -one tackles on the perimeter, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Those things all over time create explosive plays. Um, the, the, the preparation though needs to be focused on Vanderbilt. You know, it's, it's our design that, that looks to, to, um, to force the offense again down the play sheet or to make them play left-handed. What we're looking for though is the pulling the line of progress through the season. So, um, you know, for example, you know, um, the, the ability to, to, um, to cage the quarterback, you know, that showed up last week where we had some rush lane integrity issues that the quarterback was able to extend the play. And, um, you know, obviously that's something that we need to have a heightened focus on this week because we're playing against a quarterback that will make you pay for those things. But that's not about Alabama. That's about us. Um, improving within our structures. The first drive against Northern Illinois, there were two um, there were two passes. Both were covered perfectly and well enough to where the quarterback was kind of retreating and trying to extend the play. Well, in both instances, in the moment of the play was broken and we we're starting a scramble drill, we left our coverage responsibility and got eyes on the quarterback, which allowed two receivers behind us, which. Um, ultimately led to the first score. 
that's not a Northern Illinois thing. That's not an Alabama thing. That is a Vanderbilt thing. You know, we have to understand the importance of um, plastering coverage and, and maintaining, um, you know, body-on-body -body contact with our coverage down the field so that we don't allow plays to extend and, and go for explosives. Um, and so we keep a focus on us because in the end, our success is going to be dictated by our ability to continue to improve and to grow this team, team two, into, into a collective force. Um, and what we'd like to do is take that force each week and measure it against the opponent, but know that the better we build it, um, the more capable we're gonna be of, of taking ownership over the outcome. That's Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee ahead of the Alabama matchup on Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. kickoff on the SEC Network in Tuscaloosa. Coach, thanks for taking the time. Great to be with you. Okay, so Watson, I know both of us think they are better. I think they are marginally better. I went to the Wake Forest game, and they weren't very good, and that's the one really SEC kind of team they've played. In your opinion, how much better are they? They're marginally better talent-wise. This quarterback will up that a little bit they're playing much better than they did last year. And to me, Clark is right. I always went into these games and I was in a bunch of these games. I mean, I told you yesterday, I was probably underdog 75 to 80% of the games I've ever coached in. And I always would say to the kids, we don't got to beat them 10 times. We only got to beat them once. And, and just let ourselves play a good game. Because if we don't play a good game, we got no chance. It's over anyway. Let's play a good game. Let's don't get intimidated. Let's don't go out there and go nuts if we go up 14 nothing. Let's don't go out there and go nuts if we go down 14 nothing. Let's try to get this thing to the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden the pressure's on Alabama instead of on us. And so I agree with everything Clark is saying. You, you, you better take care of yourself and – not look at the other end in warm-ups and say, good Lord, look at those guys. You can't do that. And I always thought my teams, and I mean, I started a program at UAB and my first Division One game was Auburn. And um, I never thought my kids were intimidated. I think he's trying to get to that point, George. And so the way I say it is marginally better talent-wise – much better playing-wise. They're they're playing more solid football. And the one game they didn't, honestly, was the one game they needed to, was Wake Forest. They did not play very well that day, and that made the score doubled over what it probably would have been. I think Vanderbilt could have played with Wake Forest, but not with the mistakes they made. Okay, we'll go to the break on that. Then we'll check in on the games around the SEC. There are a couple of spreads uh, that Vegas has put out that has surprised me. Then at 5 o'clock, University of Tennessee play-by-play -play voice Bob Kessling will join us. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home 
or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com. At Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellskinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete service heat and air can clean your coils. Check out your motor and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete service heat and air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williams and counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Durad Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost, providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 sub-specialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch.
So let's check out what Vegas thinks about SEC football this weekend. Let's uh, let's pump these up here um, in in whatever order we're going to do it. Watson, what's what would be? Um, I hate using this word. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that Vandy's going down to Tuscaloosa and win. But what would be significant progress to you from what you see in this game? Uh, not getting embarrassed. I mean, they've embarrassed everybody. Um, and so I, th- that's probably the proper line. I think it would fall somewhere right there. Play good. Don't be intimidated. Don't, don't, uh, you can watch kids as fans. And you can watch the game and you say, ooh, they're intimidated. I thought that happened a little bit to the Titans in the secondary the other night. You can see if the Vanderbilt kids are intimidated in this game or they went out there with confidence. And I'm anxious to see three wins. This is what I've preached to you for for years now. They got the preseason schedule the way I thought it ought to be. Now let's see if they do take some confidence into Tuscaloosa. I think they will. I'm not saying they're going to play them good and play them that close, but I just want to watch the kids play and see if I see a more confident team than I did a couple of years ago when they came here and and just we looked intimidated as we could be when they came to Nashville a couple of years back. I mean, just yeah. ran all over us, and you could tell we were we were ready to get it over with as fast as we could, and not, not in a not trying way, just in an intim- intimidating way. So that's what I'm going to look for. Okay, let's let's roll with a few of these. Uh, let's go past that one. I think we know where that's going, although we will talk about Kent State later. Watson, I believe if Auburn loses that Brian Harson will be fired on Sunday. Yeah, probably so. You're probably uh, right. This way- is, this is a, a, a fire game if he were to lose it. I, I agree with you. Two straight home losses, one embarrassing, and then a first SEC game, and you were to lose at home against uh, what is picked as one of the lower teams in the league, and they haven't played very well up till now. Missouri has not. And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid it would be, George. There's a lot of pressure on him in this one. Big time. Let's keep going. <laughs> The Mac's got some issues these days. This is Mac's not, not been very good this year. No, this is not your Mac of November, um, you know, of recent years. This is a weaker Mac than it has been. Continue on. When was the last time Tennessee was a double-digit favorite in this game? Oh, good, great. I don't know. It's way back. It's had to have been 25 years uh, since they and, and I'm not sure there's been a bunch of years Florida was a double-digit favorite, but I know it's been a long time since Tennessee was. And uh, I think – I personally think it'll be more than that. Next. I don't know how good Ole Miss is. Um, I don't either. Now, not I know anybody that. I know how bad Georgia Tech is. Yes, we do, because they held the score down. That one could have been 60. I'm telling you. Lane Lane was good to Coach Collins because that could have been 60. 
Coach Collins will be joining Coach Harson. Yeah, I don't know if it'll if if he may make it through the year, but uh, I don't know. Tulsa's a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. That that is the only thing I'll say. Uh, so they could score some points against Ole Miss. Next, boy, Kentucky is what do you solid. Say? I, I think have, that's. I think they'll. I think they beat that spread. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Let's move on. Okay. This is the one we're going to talk about. The wrong team's favored. Yeah, probably so. But this game, since they've been moving it to Dallas, has been weird. Yeah, this you is go back and look at it. A lot of the well. underdog guys win this game for some reason. It's it's not always played out like you would think it would. And uh, I think uh, this has turned into a really good rival. And the reason it is, it's an old Southwest Conference rivalry. So this goes a whole lot further back than than we know. I was in the league when these two got after each other. And usually they were two of the better teams in the Southwest Conference every year. And Brad Johnson's got to play a whole lot Luke, better if they're going to beat Arkansas. Max. Yeah, but, what, what but, I call him? You said Brad. Brad Johnson. Well, Brad may Brad's be his daddy. <laughs> he may be a better option. I think he's run out of eligibility. <laughs> George, you have to put a little red flag up with Arkansas last week. Now, yeah, I yeah, mean, that's a that's an FCS school that nearly won that game, and that don't happen very often. Oh, Not very God. often at all. And uh, so, I, I mean, that one to me could go either way. If AM gets offense going, they're going to be a good team. But so far, that hasn't happened. Mm-mm. They're very okay. good on defense. Very good. Keep going. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I hate to say it. Will Healy took a job that I'm not convinced he can get out of alive. Yeah. The Charlotte right. thing is a tough rebuild. And they're going to the AAC next year. So it's fixing to get tougher. Yeah. Next. That's it. That's it. That's it in okay. week four of the SEC. How about that? One game under double digits in the SEC this week. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas, Texas a Two, excuse me. Auburn and Missouri was. Yeah, two games. Okay, do you see an underdog other than Arkansas that you think has a really good shot to win? In the, the, of those games, yeah, uh, only one you, we could even talk about is Missouri, and I just, I just don't think, even though Finley is not playing, that might be a good thing for Auburn. I, maybe it takes the pressure off of everybody wanting another quarterback in the game, and you won't have that issue. It might help Auburn, George, that they, they put in the guy that went in for him last week. He didn't play very good either. No. Uh, and they talk about a freshman that they really, really like. Um, he may show up some in the game, but I, I think that's a toss-up game just because Auburn is is reeling right now from last week. I yeah, think there they're can't reeling. be a lot of emotional juice. No, they're, going they're, into they're, this game. This game is a big game for them, and I'm not sure the players won't feel that a little bit, George. They won't feel the pressure that's on their coach and. Which, when the coach is feeling pressure, the team is feeling pressure. I'm telling you, that's the way it works. And and uh, they sometimes will push too much to try to get it going. 
So keep an, keep an eye on that game, even though I think Auburn wins. Stat of the day when we come back on Main Street Media Television. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hey, this is George Plaster, and I'm excited to announce that the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night is going to happen Monday, November the 28th at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. The three charities that will benefit are Last Minute Toy Store, Martha O'Brien Center, and STARS. And our intention is to get them that money so it can do the most amount of good at Christmas time. Now, here's where I need your help. I need you to sign up to play in the most fun charity event you've ever been involved in. Imagine 64 foursomes with 64 sports personalities in the area. As a single player, it's $200. If you get a foursome, it's $800. And what I want you to do is reach out to me via email, plastergeorge at gmail.com, and we'll get you signed up and get you ready and raring to go. Again, that's plastergeorge at gmail.com for a night you will never forget. Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites.
Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day, brought to you by John English Vintage Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They specialize in antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and other sport-related items. You can visit them in Shelbyville, of course, open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Let's move on to today's stat of the day. Here it is. Who is the only NFL team that has not yet had a lead this season? Wow. Okay, that, that's a good one. By the way, University of Tennessee play-by-play voice Bob Kessling will join us at the top of the hour. Looking forward to that. That was a nice way to stall to try to get ourselves to where we wanted to be. I believe, Watson, that the answer may be the old Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think? Yeah, you may be right. Super Bowl champs. Uh, runner-ups. I think you're right. I don't think um, they have had a lead yet. You know, I'm just uh, I'm I'm stalling around here for a minute to try to make sure of where I'm going with this. The Bengals were down 14 at the half to Dallas, tied them at 17, but never had the lead against Pittsburgh. I think it was the same deal. I think they tied Pittsburgh, but I don't think they ever had the lead. So, uh, are we feeling good about this? Oh, uh, let's think, make sure. Okay, of the winless, the Titans obviously. What about had let's, let's the head lead. through the Titans? I know did the okay, Jaguars have won a game, uh, but they did they have the lead till the end? Yes, they were had the Colts the whole time. Have the Colts had a lead? Well, hold on. Let, let's think through that. The Colts lost, tied in Houston. Yeah, but that wasn't the lead. Right. That wasn't the lead. The Colts it's, could be a possibility. What about the, the, the league of the Patriots? They've had a lead because they won the well, game. Well, and they won. They won in Pittsburgh. The, that sort the of Ravens. The Ravens. Uh, had leads obviously yeah. against Miami. It's either Cincy or the Colts. What about the Jets? Well, they've won a game. Yeah, Cleveland. but this could be one of them setup questions that has not yet had a lead. Well, if you win, uh, well, they didn't take the lead. Have to have the lead. Well, didn't they score on the last play of the game? They onside kick. Yeah, no, it was uh, with seven seconds left. It is okay. not the Jets. Okay. It's one so of we got to go with two. the Bengals or the Colts, right? Yeah, and you know what? It's one of the two. You want to go with yours, the Colts? I don't know. I, either one, George, pick it. I think it, either one's a good choice. It's one of the two. Let's just see. Bengals. Ah, ah yeah. I'm feeling good. Good job. We talked through that one pretty good. We did. You almost talked me out of success. Yeah, that wasn't good by me, was it? Uh-uh, no. 
Okay, have we officially reached the five o'clock or is or my eyes deceiving me? Your eyes are not deceiving okay. you, George. We are into the five o'clock hour as we await Bob Kessling. This five o'clock hour is powered by Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has the staff training and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Their mission is to provide high-quality, specialized orthopedic care in a compassionate manner to the people of Columbia and Middle Tennessee. Visit mtbj.net for more information. Are you calling him, or is he calling us? We've got him, George. Okay, beautiful. Let me tell people a couple of things that they may not know. Number one, Bob Kessling and I were both raised in the broadcast world by the same person, the late Paul Lyle who taught Bob Kessling at WIVK Radio, one of the real powerhouses in Knoxville. Then Paul moved to Nashville, and I conned him into hiring me at a little AM signal, WKDA, which also had a powerhouse KDF with Carl P. and that group. And then Bob Kessling and I did a package of Nashville Sounds games together on television. Bob, have we been paid for those? I don't think well, I'm surprised they hired us in the first place. I wasn't expecting to get paid. So uh, <laughs> I know I didn't get any uh, didn't get any mileage coming over to Nashville to do those games. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Do remember we did one uh, I did a I guess we did a road game one time at Oklahoma City uh, on TV and it was that was one of the hottest days of my life. I didn't oh my I God. thought the whole booth was going to melt. And yeah. uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City in the in August is not a really good place to be, but that was a good. They were the Reds affiliate back then, and Rob Dibble was on that team, and a bunch of other guys. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun doing those games, George. Paul, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. And say hello to Watson Brown while you're at it, Coach. It's good to talk to you again, Bob. Good to talk to you, man. I watch you a lot. I hadn't seen yeah. you in a in a while. Um, yeah, I guess the last time I saw you, there was a thing at uh, there in Cookville, and you and Mac were there. Yeah, and uh, I emceed the banquet, and yes, I, you guys were getting some kind of award or something like uh, going to the Hall of Fame or something there. Going in the Hall of Fame, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fun night, though. That was a yeah. good night. It was good to see. That you was guys. the last time that I think we saw each other. Yeah, I think that's right. So. So, Bob, you have called a bunch of Tennessee-Florida football games over the years. When was mm -hmm. the last time you felt this much hype and excitement? Oh, probably some games back in the early 2000s. Uh, that you, you thought that, that the Tennessee had a chance. But, you know, I, I've never been around a Tennessee-Florida game where the fans are so convinced that they're going to not only win the game, but win it by a big, big margin. And sometimes uh, that's fool's gold a little bit in this series, because there are a lot of times where the favorite team hasn't won. And uh, these things get flipped, flipped around. I, I do think Tennessee's got a more experienced team. I think they've got a better team, but you know, you never know when these turnovers start, Anthony Richardson might you know, turn into Superman on Saturday, like he did against Utah. These things just have a weird way of playing themselves out. I think it's a very confident Tennessee team. I think it's a team that thinks they can score a lot of points on anybody. And uh, and uh, Watson, the, the what Hendon Hooker does 
protecting the football is inc- he's thrown 187 straight passes without being intercepted. And that's a, a UT record, but uh, he only had three interceptions all year last season. And you would think, you know, maybe a ball be tipped or maybe a ball bounce off somebody's shoulder pads or off his face mask or something, and it's going to turn into a turnover. That hadn't happened with Hendon Hooker. He really protects the football. I, I think he makes great decisions, and he never puts the ball in harm's way. And I think that's one of the reasons Josh Heupel has so much confidence in him. So he's a fun guy to watch, and it's a fun offense to watch. Yeah, and, Bob, I give a lot of that credit to Hendon, but I also give it to the coaches because the throws I watch him throw, they're never in a crowd. So that tells me they, mm-hmm. the, the plan is good. And a lot of this RPO, when you've got one-on-ones, a lot of bubbles on the outside and uh, wide receiver screens, whatever you want to call them, that are not hard throws. And when they take it deep, Bob, they're spread out so much that – it's usually a single safety look because it's hard to play with double safeties against Tennessee spread. And so the, the it's a one-on-one layup ball. The safety can't get there. Hendon gets rid of it quick and uh, doesn't hold the ball very long, even on their takeoff routes. And so I give a lot of credit to the coaches in the design of how they're doing it and the way they've taught Hendon on where to go with the ball now, where Hendon's really good is is he will not force a ball. A ball is not in a crowd. You watch him. When he lets one go, it's it's pretty much a one-on-one look, a curl route in a zone that's open. But got to give the coaches part of the credit along with Hendon, I think, Bob. Yeah, I don't think there's any question, Watson. And, you know, when they bring the if – if you send one of your safeties, you cheat him to one side or the other, then they send the tight end right down the middle of the field. Yeah. And that's also creates a problem. And so they, they're just a hard team to scheme up. And you don't see many teams that put two wideouts, I mean, basically on the sideline, on both sides. And so your yeah. cornerbacks, have to, they have to go out there and play them because if, if you don't play them, then they just set a little bubble screen. And then you've got a, you've got a tight end in front of your wide receiver takes one block and, and you're going to go 60 yards. So they, uh, they scheme you up. They, they really do. And uh, Pittsburgh, I thought did a really a good job. I mean, they basically shut down Tennessee's run game. They do a lot of exotic blitzes and bring different guys. And they basically said their cornerbacks, you're one-on-one. See if you can win a battle. And if you win, we're going to, you know, we'll win the game. If you don't, then we'll lose. But their, their cornerbacks, played really well but you're going to have to have the beat Tennessee I think you're going to have to have really good cornerbacks that can press and win one-on-one battles they can keep the wide receivers from getting off the line of scrimmage and getting down the field we'll see if Florida's got those guys but there are a lot of teams that uh, don't have cornerbacks that are that good but that's what it's going to take to beat Tennessee and if you bring a lot of guys out there they're going to run the ball on you too so they've got a great design I think what it's done, Bob, is it's created what I call different forms of man-free coverage because you can't play Mm -hmm. zone with those splits. You just can't do it. Even if you're in a three-deep with a single safety, they're so wide, you're basically one-on-one with somebody. And and the only thing I worry a little bit about is if somebody can cover them up, it, it, it's hard to run those pick routes from that wide of splits where you cross around a lot of shallow crossings and stuff. 
But what Tennessee does a great job of, Bob, and George, I don't mean to get technical here, but what they do a great job of is they pick from those stacks. They don't split you out wide. They'll split you out wide and stack them. And if you're playing man-to-man, they try to come through on that those stacks they run and pick one of those two guys clean. And then he runs kind of a skinny post slant where there's not anybody in there because the splits are so wide, and they bust you that way. So they're a very hard team to play. But I think what's happening now, everybody is, is learning – you're pretty much going to have to play Tennessee man-to-man with a free safety on the outside. And I think they're going to see this yeah. now every week the rest of the year. Well, I don't think there's any question. And then you've got Jalen Hyatt, who has suddenly really come on the last two games at, at, in that slot position. And he's as fast as anybody in the SEC. And that yeah. creates more problems because you, you're playing along the sideline and all of a sudden Hyatt's running a quick slant across the middle yep. and your strong safety can't keep up with him. And so, I mean, they're, they've got matchup problems for the, for the defense all over the field. So that's why it's such a, it's such a fun team to watch play offensively because they think they've got answers for everything that you throw at them defensively. And it's just a matter of, can you, can you win some of those one-on-one matchups on the outside and make big plays? Yep. Bob, let me ask that this is a goofy question, but broadcasters would get coming in. from you. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there is a rhythm that you get into as a play-by-play announcer. The play happens. Yep. You point to your color guy. It's easy to point in radio. He takes it for a while. You do what you need to do, and now it's second and eight. But with Tennessee, you never really get that rhythm, do you? No, Pat Ryan's got about six seconds to say something, and he's got to give it back to me. And uh, so, uh, no, you get in a rhythm though. When they when they start going, you know, if they start going really fast, Pat knows that uh, you know, unless it's um, he wants to make a specific point, he does have to kind of lay out because they when they just start you know snapping it every ten seconds. I mean, it's I mean the defense can't keep up, let alone the broadcaster. But it is a it's different, it's unique on how they play, and they think they can even play faster, which is really scary and. And Watson, maybe you can help me out here. I have no idea how Hendon Hooker can get the signal from the sideline, get his guys in the right play and make a check at the line of scrimmage and how fast he does and how fast he processes all those things. It's, I think it's pretty remarkable, just their communication system. Yeah, and I, the way you do it with the speed, Bob, is you kind of give a formation signal first and the receivers are seeing that. The quarterback don't have to do that. And, and at the same time, the, those guys are getting the formation signal, Bob. The quarterback is getting the play signal. So it's killing two birds with one stone. And the other thing that Tennessee does that I've really watched, if the receiver, the, whoever the play caller is, and I guess it's Coach Hop, I don't know, but if their receivers ran around and they're on the same side they started on, they go, they bring them right back to the same side. You never watch them cross over the ball when they're going fast. So there's a lot to this and the way they do it. And, of course, they don't change personnel groupings. They'll leave the same grouping out there, yeah. and which means the defense now can't change and the official walks up and gets over the ball and won't let you snap it. They're very unique right. in some of the things they do that every little piece they do to me speeds up their process and – I don't see anybody in the country that that goes as consistently fast as Tennessee does. Nobody. 
No, they pride themselves on that. And that's what that's what's so remarkable, how they get the communications in and get the play call, get everybody lined up within 14. I mean, it's it's and they do it in practice, too. I mean, it's remarkable how fast they go in practice. And uh, but that's where you have to learn how to do it. But I, I, I do think that you've got to have a quarterback that can make this because he's still got to look at the defense and make some decisions. Uh, you know, pre-snap and figure out, you know, where the middle linebacker is, where the strong safety is and all those type things. So he has to make some decisions at the line of scrimmage. And, and Hooker has been really good at doing that. He is, uh, he very rarely makes a mistake or throws the ball the wrong way. Now he's thrown it high a few times and, you know, he got Tillman kind of banged up last week because of, of a high throw, but uh, he's, he's really pretty accurate most of the time and, uh, and seems to get him in the right play when they really need it. And, and he's just, you know, he runs just well enough to be really dangerous. I mean, he's a um, he's taller than you think, and he's bigger than you think when you see him in person. But he's one of those, he got a little Josh Dobbs in him in the way that he can avoid you and make you miss and kind of stick that leg out there and bring it back and spin away from you. And uh, he's he's really, a, I, I think, a very effective runner when he has to. And uh, so he's, he's really been um, a, a tremendous addition to this Tennessee team. And, and one of the things he did last year that still impressed me, he was beaten out for the starting quarterback job. There was nobody that watched scrimmages and practices that didn't think Joe Milton uh, was the starting quarterback last year, but it didn't translate onto the field. And there were some mistakes and Joe got banged up a little bit. And But Hendon didn't talk about going in the transfer portal. He didn't sit around and pout because he thought when he came in here from Virginia Tech, he was going to start. But he didn't pout. All he did is he went to Coach Heifel and says, tell me what I got to do to get on the field. And I think his teammates really responded to that. And then when he got his chance again, he took the ball and ran with it. So that's why the players respect him so much. And that's why he's been such a great leader on this team. Bob, you're bringing up a great point. I remember as recently as a year ago in August that, you know, people were like, well, yeah, it's an okay addition, but he wasn't all that good at Virginia Tech, and we don't expect a lot. And boom, some pilot light went on in him. And uh, talk a little bit about that. Where do you think it really started? Well, I, I think it started when he when he got beat out by Joe Milton. And um, I think that, you know, he's always, you know, his dad was a quarterback. His brother's a quarterback. He's, he's always been wanting to play quarterback. Uh, he also, by the way, holds the Virginia Tech record for consecutive passes without an interception. So this trend of him not throwing, putting the ball in harm's way, it's nothing new. I mean, he is, he did that at Virginia Tech. But I, I just think the fact that when he when he got beat out, uh, I think that just ramped it up even more. He tells me he spends 16 hours a week studying film. And, uh, and I believe it. And I just believe he's a student of the game. You know, he's a mature guy, too. He's 24 and a half years old. He and Stetson Bennett are competing to be the, the old men in this league. So he's had a lot of time to, to learn and grow up to be a quarterback. He's learned to read defenses. I can't imagine that Florida will throw a defense at him on Saturday he hadn't seen before. And uh, it's it's just that maturity factor, and it rubs off on the entire team. And how they – Cedric Tillman, his first three years at, at Tennessee, caught eight passes. Wasn't a factor. I mean, just a guy. Then suddenly he gets with Hendon Hooker and gets with this with this offense, and he catches 64 and goes over a thousand yards last year. And he and Hooker developed a really great bond. And 
I just think that talks about the player development. So this is a, this is a uh, really a very mature quarterback that uh, probably had a chance to maybe test the waters last year at the NFL, but decided he wanted to come back one more year and get better and up his stock. And um, I, I think it's been a really, really great story. And you just hope that it continues for him. Bob, play-by-play guys oftentimes, because they work with coaches so much, get to learn things about them. You know, I remember Eli telling me one time that Nick Saban is a huge Eagles fan, not Philadelphia Eagles, but the the musical group, the Eagles. Tell us something <laughs> about Josh Heupel that you know, but we probably, the public, wouldn't know. You know, he's pretty guarded about all that stuff. I know that he uh, sometimes comes over on Thursday afternoon and shoots baskets with his son over at the basketball complex, just kind of gets out of the office and spends you know, a little time with his family on Thursdays. Uh, one thing he does, that, and I thanked him for it last year, you know, coaches, they get in this tunnel vision and they start that, you know, their time is really valuable and, and it is because their, you know, days are, the hours go by really quickly as you're trying to get ready for a game. But if Coach Heupel tells you, okay, I'm uh, Bob, we need to do this interview and I'll be here at 11.15. He's there at 11.15. He doesn't make you wait. You know, there's some coaches that would make you wait. Maybe they got a phone call or they got some recruit or something comes up and they might make you wait 30 or 45 minutes to do the interview. Coach Heupel didn't do that. And uh, if, if he says he's going to be there at 11.15, he's there at 11.15. And if he, some does come up, he'll call you the day before and tell you, we got to move it. But he gives you, he gives you plenty of time. And I thanked him for that last year because, you know, we've got a schedule too. We got things we got to get done. Sure. And he said, you know, his dad, his dad was a football coach and his dad always preached, stay on schedule, uh, stay up to, to be up, you know, be on point all day long. Don't vary from your schedule because if you do, then you things slip through the cracks and you lose and, and you time and you, you miss things and all that kind of stuff. And he said, if he ever found, if his dad ever found out that he was not keeping on schedule during the day, his dad would kick his butt. But Watson, you can probably address that. Sometimes you got so much head coach has so much stuff going on that the day gets away from you. And then you, and sometimes these jobs eat you up because you, you get off track and, and behind schedule. No. And, and Bob, I, I would say, I love football and I didn't enjoy all the other stuff, but you got to do so much as a head coach. And, and I was going to say to you, and you just said it, his dad was a high school football coach. And I, I know where he got it from. I know exactly where he got it from. And it's the discipline when he was young through playing for his dad or whatever. And, and, um, so, I mean, it, that didn't surprise me at all about him. And, and what I see in him, Bob is he's a football coach. He loves to coach football. And I see that in him. And that's why I thought he was a great hire at Tennessee. You got to do all the other stuff there as you do at any of these places, but especially Mm -hmm. at the, at the power fives where there's so much more support at those things, but he's still guarded. And, and really what he's focused on is coaching that team. And I said back earlier in the year, the reason I think Hendon came in and and was successful quickly is what you said, but I think the coach is simplified. What I was told is he didn't really understand everything and wasn't grasping it great, 
And I think they did a great job of simplifying him last year. And I see it a lot deeper this year. And uh, they're not a checkoff team, Bob. That's not what they do. The quarterback has to either run the run or throw the ball off of nearly everything they do. Now, when they get to third and short, if you watch them close, they don't snap the ball. They'll act like they're snapping it and then look to the sidelines and get a play. When it's a critical play like that, they don't go as fast. But I think I go back to it again. I think Coach Hopple has done a great job with Hendon Hooker. And I'm gonna I'll, I'll bet you, Bob, if he stays healthy and this Tennessee team stays in the mix and wins a bunch of games here, he's gonna be in the Heisman Trophy. He's not maybe as much now, but look out late in the year now. Those stats he had at the end of last year were Heisman like stats. And and he's yeah. off to the yeah. same kind of start, Bob, again this year. He's kind of laying in the weeds. But if they start beating some of these teams, and and even if they just lose to Alabama and Georgia, he may be around through all that. Well, I think so too. And uh, he's really a good story. And uh, he's going to put up big numbers. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, um, you just look at how this offense runs and uh, how many options they have. Uh, one guy that I think is just emerging, and I think he's going to be more and more of a factor, is Brew McCoy the receiver on the other side. I mean, he's a big, strong guy and you throw those passes to the uh, sideline and he catches it. Those cornerbacks, they're not going to want a whole lot of that. And uh, so I think he can really help and take some of the pressure off Tillman. And, you know, Tillman was one of these guys that was, was said to be, well, he's not that fast. He can't run behind guys, but you look how many times and whether it's the play call or whether it's Tillman's route, but he's running free in the secondary and he's got four or five yards on the cornerback. And that happens all the time. And it's pretty remarkable. And I guess that goes back to play design and everything else, but, uh, and running the right route. But uh, Tillman has just been a guy that has emerged and is truly a star in this football team. Hey, Bob, I got to step in. They make me take commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay some bills, George. Got to keep the lights on. You know it. Hey, It's great talking to you as always. George, thanks. I appreciate it. That's a good man right there. Bob Kessling. He's the play-by-play voice at the University of Tennessee. He's been a good friend for a long, long time. Fun to have him on. Watson, after the break, a college football story that's going to get everybody's attention. It starts with the Kent State Golden Flashes. I'll leave it at that for now. This is Main Street Media Television. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignity. This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people.
This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. One area I can help with is if you are newly or nearly retired or maybe have changed jobs and have an old 401k account. You may need more information to help you clearly understand your options. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. For Dustin Timmons, For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 sub-specialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. 
You know, every once in a while, we change gears on the fly. I'll show you the Kent State stuff later. Um, we'll do it in this show. But I want to take some phone calls. Billy, let's put that uh, number up there uh, because we're going to go to the phones here in just a second. Here is the number that you can get in and be a part of it. I love the fact that more and more people are starting to call. 588-2998 is the number. If you will jump in, throw in that 615 area code, then we will get to you pretty quickly. Let's start with Clay in Nashville. Clay, welcome. George, I'm trying to get my season ticket status as a caller back. You know what? I think you just got yourself on the waiting list. Um, tell me what's going on. Watson, you're looking at me like maybe you can't hear the call. Yeah, very, very distant. Okay. Clay, don't yell at us, but give us a little louder. Okay. Um, I was wanting to ask Watson about, um, I think, from what I'm told, his response yesterday about, quarterback situation at Vanderbilt is that you need one starting quarterback and once you make that decision it better be the right one and given off that I think Mike Wright is too good of an athlete to stand on the sideline what about you know getting him like on offense maybe for a reverse or a wide receiver screen or things like that I mean I don't know if he can catch the ball I just think he's too good of an athlete to stand on the sidelines. You are not the first person I've heard this from. Watson, what do you think? I just – maybe next year, but I don't think they can afford to do it because of injury. And uh, the the third quarterback is not the style that they're running. He's not that style. And Mike Wright and Swan, they they run the same stuff. They can do the same things. Uh, I just don't think they can afford – they might stick him in on a play or two here as a wide receiver, but I think he has to stay at quarterback, Clay, and and because uh, I think it's going to take them both through this brutal SEC eight in a row now, one open date next week, and then you go seven straight. And I just think as much as they run their quarterbacks in this offense they're running and and scrambling around because the protection ain't great all the time, I just got a feeling it's going to take both of them to play. Now, in the offseason, if Mike Wright hangs around, I think he will, personally. Uh, then I think maybe they bring in one more that can run this style of stuff, another freshman, and they might move Mike to another position. Can Watson hear me okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Go yeah, ahead. I, I'm getting you. <laughs> Today's the last day of summer, big boy. I just wanted to make sure you had that property all bush off. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be very honest, the second team has been bush hogging this week. How's that? The to second me, team. The second team, Clay, is my wife. <laughs> she, well, first of all, she's first team. She's first team in a lot of ways, but she's second team on the tractor. Wow. Uh, but she's better than me at it, so I may get beat out here pretty quick. <laughs> I may be in the Vanderbilt quarterback situation at my own home here because she seems to do it better than I do. But we're, we're, we're doing all right, Clay. We're keeping everything cut, babe. 
Y'all have a good day. Clay, thank you. Let's go next to Jeff in Murfreesboro. Jeff, welcome. How you doing, Watson? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. I was going to say, uh, I'm so glad I go to Middle Tennessee, don't you? After Saturday night, how about them Blue Raiders? Rick Stocks will beat that Eddie George, didn't he? I wish it was 600 to 6. I wish Mr. Bizarre went out there told Eddie George, well, I'm sorry, we can't operate the clock. We just got to leave it on seven minutes. See how many points we can score. All right, the Robert Provincial can't operate it either. Our clock's went out. Sorry. Just let, let it run. Just sit, sit there at seven minutes and see how much we can score on you. You know, that's the way it is, though. But, you know, 0-3 oh, the first time in 27 years. We see what Eddie George do the rest of the season. You know, he didn't do much Saturday night. He has got to play, I guess, the FTSU, bad as they are. So, you know, as far as that's concerned. But, uh, but uh, no, George, I don't ask you to do. George, Mark Melanson's on line three if you need him. He's on line three. I know you begged for him last year. So, he's on there if you need him, man, and everything and uh, and all that. And also, Watson, did you write the history of clock, man? Did you write the volume one of that? Do you know what history of clock when that started? No, I don't. I, and I didn't get that real good, George. So. George George tried to explain to us about clock management. So I didn't know when the history of it started in Denver, Colorado, I guess, on that Monday night game. That that's when it started, I reckon. But uh, I, if I was Denver's coach and somebody asked me about it, I'd say, I'd, I'd say I'm coaching the team, not you. So you don't need to be fooling about my decision. I coach this football team. Until you get up here and coach it and don't be asking dumb questions like that, I'll do what I want to. I'll make the big money. You don't. So it's as simple as that. <laughs> What what questions would you ask him in that situation, Jeff? Uh, I wouldn't ask him. I'd ask him about the football game, I guess. And like Grable said, they're not at the Titans. They got their butts kicked and outplayed and outcoached. And when you got Apple turnover, Danny, he'll turn the ball over. You ain't going to do nothing. I'd have pinched you right now and put Willis in there the rest of the year. I wouldn't fool with Danny Hill. He'd be on the bench for the rest of the year. And I'd end up, at the end of the year, I'll just say goodbye to him and let Willis be starting quarterback. Because I don't want somebody turning the ball over every time you turn around. Two interceptions. There's going to be more turnovers and more losses. And, and like God told me the other day in the preseason, he said, why are Watson and, and George talking about a, a Titans game for an hour and the preseason don't mean anything? I said, I don't know. You tell me. So, I mean, go Titans, I guess. See, if they can beat the Raiders this weekend because, you know, it's going to be a long season, looks like to me. So, y'all in there and have a good one. See y'all. I don't believe he wants us to talk about the Titans a whole lot, George. He needs to increase the medication. <laughs> you know, I will say, because we didn't talk about this too much, I will say I thought he played worse the other night than he did in the playoff game. Talking about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the two interceptions in the second half were totally Ryan Tannehill's fault. I thought some of the interceptions in the playoff game weren't all his fault as I've defended that. But, George, the two he threw, the second one he threw the other night now is a – kind of a high school deal. I mean, it's an option route, and you're getting pinched by an outside guy and an inside guy, and he throws it right to the outside guy. I'm talking about the two defensive players that are pinching are tied in on an option route, one playing him inside out and one playing him outside in, and Ryan led it like it was a man route, and the guy was going to run an out. He threw it right to the linebacker. I, I That's the worst throw I believe I've ever seen him make. And the other interception – was him getting a little anxious and he didn't get open to the target. He throws sidearm. When you throw sidearm to your left, George, getting technical, the ball sails, tails back to the right. 
So you got to lead the guy. He throws it behind him. It's tipped, intercepted. I thought Ryan played worse in the second half of that game than he did in the playoff game. So in some ways, um, Jeff is right about that. And I, I just they, – they're not going to make a switch because Malik is not ready yet. You saw him when he went in the game. He fumbled. He threw a bad ball sure. behind the receiver that was open. Malik Willis is not ready to be the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback of this football team, I think, this year till, till things were to get out of hand now and, and the season's out of reach or something. And I just don't think that's the case at this point. Okay, we'll go to the break. Tony in Nolansville, hang with me. You'll be up first. Then we'll talk this story about Kent State football, which will get your attention. This is Main Street Media Television. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson. And counties. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Hey, this is George Plaster, and I'm excited to announce that the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night is going to happen Monday, November the 28th at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. The three charities that will benefit are Last Minute Toy Store, Martha O'Brien Center, and Stars. And our intention is to get them that money so it can do the most amount of good at Christmas time. Now, here's where I need your help. 
I need you to sign up to play in the most fun charity event you've ever been involved in. Imagine 64 foursomes with 64 sports personalities in the area. As a single player, it's $200. If you get a foursome, it's $800. And what I want you to do is reach out to me via email, plastergeorge at gmail.com, and we'll get you signed up and get you ready and raring to go. Again, that's plastergeorge at gmail.com for a night you will never forget. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. going to take one more phone call and then we're going to get into our little Kent State story. Tony in Nolansville, what's shaking? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, i tell you what's shaking, George, is uh, if y'all haven't seen this story, you got to Google it, you got to read about it, see it. There is a 49-year-old football player playing college football He is a 17-year Army veteran, and he has gone out and made the team, I think it's a Division III school, called North Dakota State College of Science. Watson, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I had not. Nope. He's 49 years old, George, and he went out and he's made the team as a starting left defensive tackle. And Watson, the coach said, of course, he's older than the coaches and the players, but they said he's <laughs> such an inspiration to them, you know, that he can get in there and hang with them and still, and he's a starting left tackle and he wears number 94 where he flipped his age of 49. He flipped the numbers around. So he's wearing number 94. His <laughs> name is Ray Russell. And, uh, it's a pretty neat story. I happened to see it last night, and it's a, it's really a neat story. So that's something I wanted to throw out there, and maybe your listeners might want to Google it and see it. But he, uh, he still serves in the National Guard, by the way. Unbelievable. That's incredible. Story. 49. It really is. 
George, the Yankees, well, the Dodgers just surpassed once again the 100 win mark, 100 game win mark. Yeah. The Yankees hold the record for 21 100 win seasons. Do you or Watson have any idea who is the second place team with the most 100 uh, win seasons? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Even with the run of 14 divisional titles in a row, I don't think it's the Braves. So who would it be? Um, Not the cut. Watson. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. I was going to say the Cardinals, but. Wouldn't be the Reds. They they didn't have a long enough run through that. With the big red machine. With the big red machine, would it? Wouldn't think so. Tell us. No, sir. The A's with 10. Oh, that's. Yeah, sure. Oakland A's. Make sure because that Isn't that unbelievable. Yeah, that seventies dynasty that won three World Series in a row, 72, 73, 74. And the, the common denominator was that they hated Charlie Finley, the owner. Yeah, that's true. That's but a great remember question. Remember, he pay him. Uh, wasn't he paying him five hundred dollars to grow a mustache, the mustache and wear the white shoes? Yeah. Now you'd pay yeah. him five hundred to get rid of the mustache. <laughs> One last thing, guys, and I want to get y'all's take on this. I've looked this up, and y'all probably aware of it. Teams that start out 0-2, only 12% make the playoffs. Uh, Teams that start out 0-3, you almost can just pack in the season. Watson, how does the Titans get fired up, per se? I mean, these are professional grown men playing football. What do they need to be told? to know that they've got to do whatever it takes to turn up the notch, play better, and to uh, avoid this 0-3 start. Because if they do, George, they might be packing it in. Yeah, Guys, I'm going to hang up, let y'all talk about it. But always, always, great show. Thank Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Only only hope I see, George, that, that eases this pain a little is the division's not good. Yeah. That's so saving we, grace we, we right now. We could still go even 0-3 and win the division because nobody is going to run away with it. And uh, uh, the, the Indianapolis has been a complete dud, and we kind of have been too. And uh, Jacksonville's playing a little better. The Texans aren't going to be uh, – they're playing better, but they're not. So I think you throw out that stat a little bit because of the division. And we're not going to be – a a wild card team, but we could still win the division probably at what nine and eight. <laughs> I don't know, maybe eight, nine, yeah. something. I mean, seriously, it just got to start playing. You think about the other night, that game got out of hand because we played bad. I mean, every time we'd make a first down, George, it was a penalty in the first half. I mean, no, no teams are going to make up those face masks, holes, blocking the back. All the things that we did, legal procedures, and then in the second half, all we did is just kept turning it over time after time after time. This team is not near as bad as that looked the other night. They just got to play better this week and get back to what they do well. So if I'm Tony, if I'm uh, the Titans, it's all I'm doing. I'm I'm circling the wagons, man. 
Let's get back to Titan football here and let's quit listening to the noise and let's get back to what we do best. And if they keep listening to the noise, it could get worse. I don't think they will. Watson, for years, I have made the joke about UL Monroe being the punching bag. Yeah. You know, never play a home game that ever matters. Okay. Kent State has played three road games this year. I stole this from the athletic. Look at this. They have made 5.2 million bucks by being get cashed, get smashed at Washington, at Oklahoma, at Georgia. The deal was that the athletic director basically, before the one that's there now, forced this. And the head coach negotiated, and this is weak. He only gets like 250000 of it to his football program. This is a sad commentary on what's going on right now between haves and have-nots. Yeah, George, it is. And the sad part of this is uh, I, I've been here. I can talk through this a bunch, but I can tell you right now, to bring in that kind of money and get 250000 of it is ridiculous. That is not fair to the football program at all. And uh, just think about the psyche of those kids now through this third week's coming up, I guess. They played Georgia this week. And then how many of them are just beat to, beat to death? I played – 36 of these at UAB when we started the program, 36 of them. I went four and 32 in those games. And the most I ever made was we played three a year or two a year and had to because we had a resolution put on us by the board in Alabama that said, if you don't knock this budget down, this athletic budget down, one million a year, we're closing down football. So we had to do it, and we did. And so one of the ways you got the money was go to play these games. The most I ever got out of three games was $2.5 million. So this is fantastic that the school's getting this. Uh, hopefully they're not going to do it a whole lot. And number two, come on, man, give the football program a good bit of this money. When I was here at Tennessee Tech, we played, I think, 12 or 13 of them. And we had to have that money. We could not improve the football program if we didn't have that money. The athletic director gave me probably, I'm guessing, 75 to 80% of it for football and used some of it in other sports. This is highly unfair what Kent State's doing. And it's not the norm, George. That's not the norm is to throw your kids out there and then they don't even get anything from it. Yeah. No, I got a different word for it, but if I use it, I won't be back here tomorrow. No, let's, let's don't do that. No, I, I, but, I, I want to see your pretty face again. I know you do. But, Watson, there would be a silver lining. No more plaster bed of the day. We're in a slump. Whew. We need a win in the worst sort of way. Let's see if we're going to get it when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. 
keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. to the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, you should let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need while you and your family focus on your complete recovery. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. All right, let's take a look at some of George's results from last night. The one game he had, the L.A. Dodgers. Big loss there last night, George. Oh. Uh, 29 and 38. You're uh, almost 10 games below 500. You know, not, not great. Scott Van Pelt does a funny segment on ESPN, Bad Beats. 
He needs to show some footage of what I'm trying to do. It, it, the last two weeks have been embarrassing. Watson, <laughs> it's not a slump. It's an apocalypse. George, I'm going to say the same thing I just said about the Titans. You need to start playing better, babe. I mean, you got that right. You're turning the ball over. You got penalties all over the place. You're a, bleeding in every direction. Tighten up, man, and start playing a little better here. Let's go. Tighten up. Tighten up. Okay, here's where we're going tonight. Are you actually going to go here? I am. It's an old standby. When all else fails, go with Terry's Yankees, but minus a run and a half because you get better odds that way. It's against Pittsburgh, not Arizona. Why is every baseball game you take minus one and a half? Well, because the odds have gotten so crazy. Baseball is harder to bet than it's ever been because there's a, a group of five or six teams that are the haves, six or seven that are the have-nots. It's against uh, Pittsburgh tonight. Back to the well with the Yanks. Yeah, something needs to happen. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to Vegas. We'll talk with Ray Brewer from the Las Vegas Sun, try to figure out why the Raiders are 0-2. We know why the Titans are. Then underdog picks at 5 o'clock. All kinds of fun. Watson, did you win last week? Uh, yeah. Yes. Did you? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Wow. He seemed shocked. Well, I'll have to, I, I'll have to was, make sure I of that. I was thinking something else, so I wasn't thinking yeah. underdog, so I'm sorry. But okay. yes, I did, George. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We'll <laughs> check old, into that. Scoop. Old Scoop pulled me through, babe. Which one was that? <laughs> it's kind of like you with which station, right? <laughs> they all start with W. <laughs> W whatever. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. We used to have this running joke in, in my radio life. Willie and I would go to our next call. Welcome to W. And, and if they hung up, I, whatever. <laughs> Just throw one out there, man. W whatever. Watson, see you tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. Billy. Try to behave. behave and try to help me win. Dadgummit, this is embarrassing. This is on you, George. I know, that's what's sad. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs>